Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds Podcast. This is episode number 198, entitled Value Pricing versus Fixed Pricing. It was published on Thursday the 24th of September 2020. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and a few bits of housekeeping, like we always do before the show begins proper. Please head over to wpbuilds.com, that is our main website and the place where we put all of our WordPress-related content, and we do produce quite a bit of WordPress content each week. You'll see podcast episodes, news episodes, there's giveaways, there's all sorts going on over there. A way to stay in touch with all of that is to go to wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe, sign up to the newsletters to keep in touch with the content that we produce, but also to find out about any deals that we hear about during the week. Also, wpbuilds.com forward slash deals if you'd like to avail yourself of coupon codes. It's a bit like Black Friday, but every day of the week, significant amounts off plugins, themes and so on. wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. We've got a competition going on. You can win one of three Weeglot licenses. That's over at wpbuilds.com forward slash win. If you've got a job, head over to wpbuilds.com forward slash jobs. And finally, wpbuilds.com forward slash advertise if you would like to advertise your product or service in front of a WordPress-specific audience. The WP Builds podcast is brought to you today by the Page Builder Summit. Do you use a page builder to create websites? Or perhaps you're curious about what they can do? Whether it's Elementor, Beaver Builder, Gutenberg, Breezy, Oxygen, or any of the other page builders, the Page Builder Summit will have something for you. It's running from October the 5th to October the 9th, and you can check out the amazing speaker list and get yourself a free place at summit.camp. Do you want to set up your A-B split tests in record time, like in a couple of minutes? Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. The best part about A-B split test is that it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder and the WordPress block editor. You can check it out at absplittest.com. Okay, just before we begin, a word about what's happening during this week. Hopefully, we'll have our WP Builds weekly WordPress news on Monday. That comes out at 7am UK time, and then we'll have the live version of the show, 2pm UK time. This podcast will be repeated each and every Thursday. That comes out at 1pm UK time on a Thursday. And also, we should have some other live shows, possibly the 0 to 10k installs with Sabrina Zidane. That happens on a Tuesday. You can find all of the live stuff at wpbuilds.com forward slash live or in our Facebook group. Okay, today we're talking about value pricing versus fixed pricing. So the idea when you walk into a shoe shop is that you see the label on the shoe and you know that it costs £80 for these pair of shoes. It's fixed pricing. And this, presumably, is the way that many of us have built websites in the past. You've just given a fixed price and people have been able to discover what that price was. 
even before they communicated with you, perhaps by looking at your pricing page on a website. But more recently, we've got into value pricing, the idea being that you price based upon the value that the client will receive from it. So if they've got a big business and you increase that business by 10% with something that you could do, you could charge significantly more. And that's the point. You can charge significantly more. Well, is this suitable for you? Are you better with value pricing or are you better with fixed pricing? David and I debate it today. I hope that you enjoy the episode. Hello, today we are looking at value pricing versus fixed rate. So I'm going to enjoy this actually, Nathan. Um, (laughs) It's not directly related to WordPress, but there are so many business courses and events for those running WordPress services that focus on it. And I think it's probably true to say that overwhelmingly, they advise a type of value pricing over a fixed rate, and that's I better explain it, Adnan. Yeah, that's where yeah. you, yeah, you charge according to the value to the customer, uh, because it's more about finding out what customers see as their value. So it's a kind of it's quite a sort of sophisticated model, I guess, rather than just kind of what you it costs you against you know what you need to charge on an hourly rate so nathan you're going to argue the <laughs> i was going to say fixed rate but i'm going to say the non-value pricing you're going to argue yeah i think uh, basically because i don't have any i don't bring any value so it would be uh you know almost <laughs> almost ridiculous for me to argue now it's interesting i think i think there's an awful lot in the value pricing argument but we obviously have to take one side or the other and i'm i'm far more comfortable with the whole fixed rate thing um largely because i i don't really i don't really feel that the things that i've done in the past uh, the, the knowledge that i've got and so on have led me to a real solid understanding of what value pricing is and how i might go about doing it and also just the nature of the clients that I've I've had, um, where budget yeah. and things like that have been proper constraints. It's more difficult yeah. to justify. I think when you get into value pricing, there are there are certain ways which you can clearly win on, and and I think the type of client that you've got and the nature of things that you've done in the past and the experience that you've had and so on can can really stack up to make it a win. But yeah, I'm going with fixed pricing. Yeah, and it's, it's amusing that I'm actually doing the value pricing side because I'm kind of the opposite, aren't I? And, it, and in some ways, I have a bit of a beef as well about how value pricing is used in our industry a bit. So in a way, I would have thought, you know, if we were picking sides on this initially, I would have said, because I th- I associate you more with the value pricing, probably because you did... Uh, WPA Elevation, which is a course which is very much a, a kind of about that, and maybe adopted some of those principles. Yeah. And also, a silly one, that you're an Apple user, um, so you're a Mac rather than a PC person. Yes, yes. That's an, that's an interesting thing to bring up straight away. Do you want to go through? Actually, before we go through that, let, let's just mm. sort of get, get to the bottom of what these things are. So fixed pricing, what I'm thinking here, as you said, is anything which is not value pricing. So it could be an hourly rate whereby you mm. charge, I don't know, uh, $70 an hour for tasks that you perform and you maybe set the clock going at the beginning of the task and end it and maybe round it at some point. But also the idea that you would scope out a project, figure out what it's worth, add in a percentage in order to make it profitable, you know, some sort of contingency fund and 
and and then just bill based upon that and you know get your deposit and then do a third stage a second stage third stage whatever and get the get the amounts of money for that and then in the end you've you've paid for the product and the client knows exactly what they're getting but it's largely built upon the you know the the idea of charging by the hour um which yeah. which is very much not in vogue at the moment but with that without a shadow of a doubt has a place in the market yeah and you know it, uh, where there's room for confusion because i think in our industry when we talk about value pricing most of the time it's about talking to a client and trying to find out a little bit about the client's own budgets what it's worth to them to have a website what that website might earn them and kind of cost it according to that which is maybe different from when we talk more generally about value pricing so you know the good successful examples are probably Apple and Starbucks who do have because they've got products fixed rates but they still if you like they've still used this more sophisticated model to look at the psychology see how they can present the offer in a way that it's going to mean more to people and have value in their life so there's a bit of a difference between I think value pricing in products and services and, and how it relates to us yeah it's really interesting the psychology of it i feel is is the the bit that we're probably going to not have much insight into but is also i think probably the key component it's about speaking to the client or the business or whatever and trying to i guess pull pull levers in their brain which make them think actually you know what this this feels like this feels like something of value they're suggesting something which i hadn't necessarily thought of they're saying that they might be able to increase our revenue by doing this, this, and this, and, and mm. so on. And okay, it's possibly more expensive, but at least they've come up with these ingenious ideas and they're putting their their reputation on the line here to do it. So, yeah, the psychology, I think, is really important because without that interplay of psychology, there's no way that you're going to get people beyond the fixed rate. That just seems in, in every scenario in life, just about everything has a price tag attached to it. You know, you go into a shop... And certainly where I live, maybe not so much where mm. you live, David, I don't know, but you, there's a price and, you know, you walk in, you buy a yeah. pair of shoes. There's just no quibbling. That is the cost. If you want to buy that pair of trainers, it costs £89. If you want to buy that pair, it's 59 And there's probably some reason it's 89 as opposed to 59 Sometimes I think it might be the psychology at play, but you get the point. You pay what yeah. you, you pay for what you see. And so stepping outside of that, is an uncomfortable proposition, not only for clients, I think, because they're not used to, you know, not knowing the price entirely up front and so on. But also, from my point of view, I find that a difficult thing to do. A, because I'm not really sure what it is that I'm bringing in terms of value, but also because money money and I have a strange relationship. You know, it's, I've just yeah. really dislike talking about it and so on, you know, typical, typical um, yeah. person that I am. And um, yeah, so there we go. You know, it's, it, we didn't talk about this earlier, but it's interesting what you just said about, I don't know where you are. When I think about it, um, because I'm in Goa in India at the moment, I've grown up, if you like, thinking that kind of fixed pricing is the way it is. You like to see a price tag everywhere you go and you like to be able to compare it with some others. And, and value pricing is kind of a new out 
up there thing. <laughs> but when I think about it, being here in Goa, value pricing is the way that everything is done. You know, it, it, when the shopkeepers come out in the morning, the most important thing, it's a kind of tradition, is to get that first sale. It's their good look for the day. So they, for them, that's the lost one. They will sell possibly even at a loss to get that first sale because they've got that. But also, anybody else who comes in after that point, chances are they're going to be looking at who you are to give you the price on it based on what they've gathered about you. Right, so we've all so, had that experience, haven't we, when we've been on holiday. You know, you, you feel yeah. that you've bought something and you, you kind of know that you've probably paid over the odds for it, um, but it, it feels <laughs> like an okay transaction because you're on holiday, you've got a little bit of spending money set aside and so on. And and also it, sometimes it's just not worth the haggle. But yeah, the, the, the notion that you can walk into a shop and see a pair of trainers and then you can open up your mobile phone and see what they cost on an online range of stores yeah, and yeah. pick, okay, it's the exact same thing. Um, great, but it's £20 cheaper over at this particular website or this shop, this bricks and mortar shop. I'll go over there and buy it. There is something very comforting in that. You know, you can do your own market research and come out with the winner. But obviously, we're not selling trainers. We're selling something a little bit more aspirational. And when we before we recorded this call, we got into the whole design thing, you know, design separated away from code. So the, the way mm. it looks as opposed to the way it functions. And I think in value pricing, that can often be the, um, the, the thing which is more persuasive than anything else. Yeah, exactly. I think when customers, I mean, why I think we need value pricing in our life or we need to take it seriously, why I can argue for it quite easily is because um, it's, we have to have some kind of conversation with the client so they can understand because we do so much. We're, when we build a website, it's not necessarily what they thought they wanted when they came. They maybe just thought, I want these pages and I want them to look nice on, you know, with our branding. But they hadn't thought about the traffic or the conversion side or all the automation that we can also deliver in their business for them. They haven't gone through all of these things. So if you've got a fixed price and you have to fix it, you've got to kind of know what people are coming to, to you for. Well, I think the value pricing, if you – you can really let yourself down with fixed pricing if you've got a fixed price and then you've got clients who might come to you who've got a big, bigger budget and they're expecting much more to come back from the results of what they're asking for. You're not going to get that work because you're going to be too cheap for them. So I think the value pricing is very much about two things, isn't it? About trying to um, have a conversation with people to really understand the problem that you're solving for them. And that will dictate your price, but also within keeping with the kind of budgets that they're dealing with. So, I, you know, if I was pitching for the interesting thing, when I started doing this, I did a website, this little intranet, which I'm sort of talked about for my employers, who were a big government agency. And I did it in a weekend. It got adapted by them as a project but that project itself must have cost i you know 100 times more than what it cost me to do it and for one thing when they were rebuilding that they wouldn't they would have never have gone to somebody charging as low as i did if even if they wanted somebody as a third party to do it but simply they cost that amount of money because of their processes yeah that's a really good point and i think the the thing which 
um, courses like WP Elevation, um, they specialize on is trying to trying to put into your head the things that you can value price against. So you know the, the conversations that you could strike up, the the things that you could put in front of clients, the the ways to say things, the the psychology of how to frame things and when to go in with what particular offer and so on and and i think a lot of these things just for somebody who's been born in a society where everything has a price ticket a lot of those things are kind of counterintuitive no that's not true not counterintuitive just not intuitive You, you you don't necessarily come up with them so it takes people to have read all the literature and have the psychological thoughts and all of those kind of things to to put it together so that you can understand it um but it it doesn't necessarily make it that easy to do i mean in my situation, yeah. you were talking about the fact that you'd built something and and it was largely able to achieve what what the end product that cost a hundred times more could do. I'm I I think it's fair to say that me and a lot of other people, I'm sure I could include you in this, really struggle to to figure out what those things are, what the value of those things are, and it's probably because our process hasn't developed in that way. We haven't decided to spend that much yeah. time. But also largely because the clients maybe can't bear it. And that's something that you can always, <laughs> always bear in mind is the clients might have a, a budget which is dramatically, dramatically reduced compared to what your value pricing would have. And, you know, to some extent, especially now, it's a bit of a buyer's market where if you're going to say, well, I can build you this website and it's going to be, I don't know, £5,000, £2,000, £800, whatever. Um, and then they can go off and get a really similar experience somewhere else, and it costs half of whatever you said. It's difficult mm-hmm. to uh, it's difficult for them to justify, you know. But that's where the design and the 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 way that you pitch your offer, and and no doubt even things like we got into talking about offices and the way that you the mm. way that you look, you know, it might even be the way that you dress, the computer that you bring to bear with them, the the documents and the brochures that you've got, the clients that you've had in the past, the like I say, the you know, even down to the the kind of environment that you put them in inside your office, you know, luxury. Everybody, everybody, there's fifty fifty agents all answering calls over there. There's twenty five coders all over there. They're all sitting at dead cool desks with nice chairs, and and they've all got the latest Apple yeah. Mac. It all kind of swells the feeling that this is a company that you can trust and so on. Whereas with me, it's just me probably showing up in jeans and t-shirt, just answering questions. <laughs> I know it's the same. And we did think, didn't we, that there might be it might favor value pricing or it might be easier to do that if you're more focused on the design things, the kind of beauty of it, because you can kind of create that very image very easy. That's accessible. Someone can see it straight away. You know, same as dressing, I suppose, if you dress well, they can see that you you might be a certain type of person. You can present your offices and, and the kind of the kit that you have as part of the package. It's a bit harder, I think, if you're a little bit more on doing the, the code inside the functionality of a site where you're you've got to connect that then to their business aims. So, you know, I mean, the value prices, the well-known ones who do it with the products, the apples and the Starbucks, they they very I mean, Apple, we were talking about that before the thousand songs in your pocket for the iPod was phenomenal as a marketing message, you know, backed up as you were pointing out because, you know, before, and I was mentioning this to you when we were talking before, I, you know, had some early MP3 players that I literally bought from places that were like pound shops. They were, they cost nothing. They effectively did the same thing and pretty much a hundred times more less than 
uh, and, and the iPod. But, you know, they did it, didn't they? They got the value over. They got somebody to understand what this might mean for their lives. Yeah, they also, managed their lives. To, they also managed to capture cool, didn't they? Apple, for, for <laughs> yeah. years now, has just been cool. I don't really understand yeah. how that works. But the, do you remember Microsoft came out with a rival product? It began with a Z or a Z, as you might say um, uh, elsewhere. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called. It was something like the Zorb or something like that. It was four letters, I think. Anyway, it functionally yeah. did everything, but it, it wasn't an Apple product. Um, you know, yeah. and so it didn't have that kind of kudos. And Apple must have spent absolutely billion—I mean, really billions of dollars—on not only hiring the best video makers and the best with the best ideas, uh, producing sublimely cool commercials. Which even me, at the age of well, probably thirty something, not really their target yeah. market. Even I could feel that those adverts were cool. Um, and then <laughs> yeah. on the back of that. You know, there's a product, thousand songs in your pocket. It was just so compelling. It never actually won me over because at that time I wasn't yeah. consuming music via headphones. I wasn't commuting or anything. I didn't really have time for it. But there's, if I'd have been going into an electronics store at that point, I would, I would have been. You would have had to have persuaded me not to buy the Apple one. Um, you know, <laughs> not the other way around. And so, moving this on to web design, if you can, you know, if you are a really capable designer. The way it looks, the way your website looks, the way your offices looks, the the way that you can show previous mm. portfolio of amazing websites that you've done. I think the way things look can be can be really really persuasive in this scenario. But I'm in a I'm in a situation where I'm largely using page builders, which perhaps constrain that a little bit. But also, it's it's mm. not my forte. Um, design isn't my forte, and and so my business is pitched firmly at you know much more pedestrian things, should we say? So that whole yeah. that whole um, value pricing is a little bit more difficult. I was saying earlier, and I'm going to be shot down for this, but especially given that WordPress's sort of motto, if you like, is code is poetry. I was saying that it's it must be kind of difficult if you're a if you're somebody that is a developer and writes code, and somebody comes to you and says. Look, I've got this idea for, well, let's say a WordPress plugin, and they approach ten different people who are all on the face of it can can write code. They're they're able to deliver the end result. It must be extraordinarily difficult to say, well, my result will be better. You know, you should hire me. I guess in the end, it'll come down to the the better relationship, whether you can prove that you've done things in, like this in the past, whether it's you know you can do it more quickly and so on. Whereas going to a designer. And saying, show me yeah. your portfolio of um, of websites that you've built, or I don't know, publications that you've had printed, magazine layouts, and so on. You can really get a strong sense right away of I want them. They're totally what I want. <laughs> they just look so cool. That's exactly the way I want my stuff to look. And I'm prepared to pay significantly more to get you because you've just hit the nail on the head with the stuff you've done in the past. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah, and I don't think you know a developer like that could really sell themselves on those. But you could do even if you just more towards the developer side. You know, most of us are having to build our sites on our own. But you would focus more, as value prices do, on trying to get that conversation about what other things you could offer with code yeah. that they didn't know about, certain automations that can yes. be done, even if it's just as simple as the fact that. You know, people don't know that when somebody sends them a, an inquiry email, you can send them a string of other emails that are automated. You know, that could save 
an organization a lot of time, you know, yeah. and that kind of stuff or make them more money. So you've got that angle to go. Yes. At. Yeah. But yeah I do very think, much. I, very much. I think Apple and Starbucks are very much about the visual. Starbucks, again, I mean, you know, it's ingenious. It doesn't work on me effectively because I still see coffee as coffee. But the idea that you that you focus on the things, you know, like the environment, the leather sofas, the personal touches, you can have it made how you like, but also even playing to the fact that something which is true of all coffee that we have, it comes from various parts of the world. They, they have a way of presenting that. So it feels like there's a bit of adventure to your coffee. I'm going to select from, you know, this region of the world and you can visualize, you know, it's got a bit of adventure and glamour to that which wasn't there when you say do you want a coffee you know? yes yes imagine imagine as a developer just sort of going back to what i was saying a moment ago you were yeah. you know you were showing the products of your labor to to two people who don't code um and you're sort of saying look but look look how sublimely cool this function is look at the way that i've look at oh, it, everything's perfect i've commented it all perfectly um and it does it in I, i'm staggered it does it manages to achieve this in in half of the half of the time i thought it would take you know just gonna have not particularly moist eyes there's going to be dribbling and boredom but um a designer faced with the same problem look at the way i've made this look look it's just chalk and cheese it's really really interesting but i think you're right the way that you present it and the way that you pitch yourself and the way that you turn yourself out in the office and the environment and all of those things are really persuasive but just to take my side again the fixed rate side also i was saying a moment ago that the the pricing ultimately i think is going to become more important than ever so we're recording this in a time when um, you know, we've, we're still in the middle of the COVID-19 um, situation where we're sufficiently far into it that it's pretty obvious that the economy has been hit fairly catastrophically globally. Lots of people are going out of uh, work. They've lost their jobs, sadly. And there's less money floating around the system. People have got less disposable mm-hmm. income. It feels to me that it's going to be harder than ever to justify value pricing as opposed to fixed cost pricing because the value pricing let let's be clear about this value pricing is about charging more you're not doing value pricing mm. so that you can shave money off your <laughs> fixed pricing you, the, the idea is to charge double or triple or whatever it might be that you feel suitable and i feel that in in this environment we're going to be struggling to get those marketing departments and the the people in control of the purse strings to sign that stuff off just because put simply there ain't any money around yeah i think when it's uh, it's in the middle where you can see that people will spend kind of less i i guess you know there's always been arguments i I wish i could remember i remember a very early book probably a positive thinking book that was talking about how someone in a recession um, decided to double the costs of their houses, real estate. It was an American thing, and how that was a success. So they went the opposite direction because that's what we expect in recession, don't we? Everybody, the the, the cost is the, it's the time if you've got money to buy stuff because everybody else wants to sell off stuff because yeah. they're worried. So sometimes taking the opposite approach, maybe recession isn't an argument in this one because it can work either ways. You know, if you're on a fixed price and you keep it to the minimum, then people are always going to come to you because they'll probably still need these things. But 
maybe they won't. Maybe they will hold off in recession as well. So maybe either models are not recession-proof. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I, I was kind of assuming that some, some things needed to be pushed <laughs> forward regardless. So, you know, we need a website because yeah. it, it, we, we absolutely just need it. We're starting a new business or our website has just been knocked off the Google rankings because, I don't know, for reasons, maybe it's not um, mobile responsive or something like that. It's got to be updated, otherwise we're going to go under. And so we need it. And it just feels, especially with local businesses who I deal with, the, the bottom line, frankly, is the money, you know, and that is the question which often leads the whole discussion is how much will it cost? You know, that's the first yeah. thing that comes out of their mouth. I'm, I, I want a web. I want a website. I know you do websites. I need it to have five pages. So you, you manage to get a few questions out before they finally say, yeah, well, how much how much do you think this will be? It's like, OK. Yeah, you know, and you, it's pretty clear at that point. You know, the 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 value prices would tell you, look, this is this is toxic. This is a client. Just step away at that point. Run for the hills and tell them that this is not the kind of business that you're interested in working with. But you know, it works both ways. A recession, and maybe yeah. you're in need of money as much as they are in need of a website. And so you get into a price war with those people around you. And again, this is the stuff which the value pricing model would tell you absolutely to steer clear of. Don't get into a price war. Value price, stick to it, show your worth and all of that. But maybe yeah. you're not lucky enough to be in that position. And so having a fixed price, which is affordable, but can keep you afloat is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, that's the hard bit. I mean, the reason why I'm not is because it. it I've never really wanted to be bothered with going out looking for work which I think you need to as a, or you need to put in that effort in so I'm too lazy so I don't want to turn away any work which yep. you need to do as a value pricer but th there is another argument for, I guess from the value pricers point of view is the fact that in the recession where people are uh, talking about the budgets remember in our kind of value pricing what we're trying to do is to explore how we might give them some extra value things they haven't thought about so we might be yeah. able to lead with the recession to say this is a really great opportunity to get you're going to need to get ahead of your competitors in this period so you know <laughs> do the work with us and we'll be delivering more than what your competitors deliver because they don't go for all the little extra things that you might think about with a website that will increase its um you know conversion rates and things like that yeah. so it could work in our favor as well yeah it's a Give good point another, and you're either. quite right to draw that parallel you know there's obviously people in even in these trying times where this totally works for them it it does mm. seem interesting though you know i guess i guess the conundrum is if especially if you're a freelancer if you work for an agency this this model just seems like rock solid that is to say um value pricing because you know, you've got experts in your office for, for all the things, you know, over there is the guy that does the CSS and he's the JavaScript guy and she does yeah. the design and she's in marketing, I don't know, whatever. And um, and so there's somebody that can cover all these bases. So you can be absolutely sure that you're going to knock it out of the park in, in every scenario yeah. because there's a total expert. Whereas if you're a, a freelancer and there's literally just you, not only have you got to be building these websites, but you've got to be keeping up with the latest trends. You've got to be firmly com committed to finding out what WordPress is now possible, it, what it's possible to do within your constraints. You know, can you code a solution? Can you buy a solution? Is there a plugin for that that you can have? You've got to be spending all this time and then you've got to figure out what that would be worth to somebody. Um, and it makes the job mm. of it just it just makes you into a jack of all trades and it's difficult to to become uh, an expert in these areas you know and um 
And also, I kind of mm. feel that the difficulty for the for the for the freelancer with the value pricing is knowing what the value is. Um, like literally, yes. in terms of pounds or dollars or whatever currency <clears throat> you're working in, how do you know? How do you how what is the model? How do you sit down and say, okay, so if I implement, let's say for the sake of it, you put. I don't know, some sort of funnel together. That seems to be the, a popular thing at the moment. Put together this yeah. funnel and, um, you know, you, you, you are probably going to have to make up some numbers uh, of conversions and how it might work. And, you know, you've done it in the past and you can see that this kind of stuff works or maybe it's split testing, whatever. Um, mm. How do you know? How do you know what this <laughs> number is? In the end, aren't you just using fixed rates for other things, aren't you just making up a number and saying, "Well, my fixed rate for adding in funnels is this"? I mean, we're not here talking about I'll take ten percent of whatever you generate. I presume because nobody's going to bite your hand off for that. So you are you are basically saying, "Here's a load of other stuff that I can do for you. It will it will make your business twenty percent more profitable. So I'm going to ratchet up my prices by twenty percent to justify that and and so on." So it's a difficult one. Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, some of the, I guess they would class themselves as value prices. They will literally be doing that. They'll be looking at a company, won't they? And they'll be saying, let's say I'm doing your marketing through the website and there's other things with it. And let's say on average, they've got, I don't know, 7% is their kind of, uh, of, of their turnover is or profitability is what they will put into that kind of advertising budget. There you've got the budget. And I think, you know, the argument, I mean, the reason we got value pricing being so popular, I think, in courses and events is because in our industry, there was at least a problem in the sense that most people started websites with the clients, couldn't control what was going. They set a price, but they can't control the client. And they find they've got no wriggle room and they're putting in so many hours and not really getting paid because... You know, the price in it, but basically how they could do a site for themselves if all went well. So I think the thing is about the value pricing, it's solving a fixed pricing issue that's always been there with underpricing and, uh, and giving yourself some more wriggle room. But also, if the clients don't know what they're buying for mm. um, and they've got these budgets, let's say they have got this kind of 7% that's going into the advertising and that could be varying depending on the client, then you've got that time to be able to make more money f for them. So I think there's good sense to it. I think where I have an issue is the side of the fact that a lot of people are, like you say, making up uh, a value and all they're saying you will have better conversions or better traffic or that this will lead you to so many customers in in the marketing but they wouldn't put their money where their mouth is and guarantee these things so i that's the downside of it i think so i concede to your point yeah i mean it, essentially it, it could be construed as value pricing is basically just upselling stuff you know, you are you're just adding in some other things. Yeah. Um, you know, you're adding in things which could revolutionise their business, or at least make that claim, and then charging um, an well, basically an upsell for something like that, which is quite interesting. Um, but yeah, the other thing that I wanted to mention was the the idea of value pricing. I suppose when it was initially put into the WordPress space, you know, you got some leading lights who began to talk about this and began to sell the message um, through courses and online videos and so on, that this was something that you could do and, you know, demonstrate yeah. how it could be done. Um, so it was, it, was in, it was new and innovative. And so there, was, there were very few people out there actually doing it. 
But mm. as more time goes by, if we all flip over to this value pricing <laughs> model, aren't we in aren't we in the end all just doing the same thing? So how do you differentiate yourself if everybody's doing value pricing? You know, I, I mean, I'm not really making a point about fixed pricing, just more a point against value pricing. Yeah, you mean 80% of us are going after the 5% of the market. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, these clients who've got deep pockets, the, the ones where you can go to them and they've got all these marketing departments and they've got all these people and they're willing to shell out. But we're, you know, like you say, 80% of us are going after these few websites Whereas five years ago, very few people had got themselves to the point where they were even thinking about these. It was just a fixed fee for a website. Now, loads of us have been through these courses. We've all thought about different ways to add on value and so on and refactor our business. And yeah, exactly that. We're, we're all of us going after the tiny amount of people who can afford this stuff. Well, I say tiny amount. I don't know if it's 5% or 30% or whatever, but more people going after the same clients with the same exact ideas of how you can improve the value of the website. Yeah, it's hard because that's part of the reason why I don't do the value pricing. But I think I can make the the value price argument is the fact that maybe if we stop considering it as being in competition against each other mm. for these clients, but we're actually in competition to get the clients to value what a website can do for them. It is along the lines of upselling, but maybe not. Even if you would just say a company wants a static website and that's it, there's no real extra functionality. Um, they haven't got any necessary sort of business goals with it. You can still kind of upsell in that. Or it, how you build that site will depend on how much you're going to charge for it anyway, I think. So if you did, say, A-B testing on it to see, you know, how well it worked or um, you, you did – certain amount of revisions having more time to be able to I, i'm making your case with this one but hmm. you know having better quality um so even if you're not working you know when you when you build or design a site if you've got quite a number of months to uh, spend time thinking about that one you're probably going to come up with a better solution than you would if you had to rush it out in a day and i think you know with value pricing you get a bit more wriggle room for the designers. Somebody's going to pay a bit more. They're going to get a better result in the in the end. Something that's going to be nicer to their um, potential visitors. I think. Mm. So, uh, trying to upsell people the value of a site because they don't know. That, I mean, all the processes that are potentially goes into making a website, all the different aspects of it. I don't think you know even the largest client really has a clue about all that can go into it. So so my point about the competition is that you're not competing necessarily against each other after a market. You're actually um, competing to get the client to see the value in what it is that we do. I wonder if when I say these words, how many people will sort of identify with it? And, and obviously, I, I would imagine a certain proportion wouldn't other people say, no, 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 we're well away from that model. But um, the idea being that Really, you, you and I've mentioned it before. You, your clients just—they've got this lowered, lowering expectation in terms of the cost of a website over the last, let's say, five years. You know, these tools have come yeah. along, um, most notably in the WordPress space, page builders. And obviously, now we have the advent of a page builder, which is going to be free and core. We're not there yet, but it, it's on. You know, it's coming. 
and it will be really decent and being able to put somebody within your business to one side who could maybe work with a designer or work with somebody to put the website together mm. in other words they now know the cat <clears throat> is out the bag if you give squarespace a few quid or wix a few quid yeah. or wordpress.com a few quid they know that they can achieve most of what they they want without needing to hire somebody expensive and i know this is the reason why um, value pricing has sort of come around because we're we're fearful that the industry as we've known it, um, where you needed an actual level of technical expertise to make a website, which was beyond most people. Mm. Well, that that's kind of evaporating before our eyes. You know, now most people, I would say, given a sufficient amount of time yeah. and the ability to you know to take in information from videos and reading books and what have you, could probably put something half decent out. And so. Mm. It's it's a more difficult proposition than ever. So it's more of the eighty percent chasing the five percent, and clients coming mm. to you literally safe in the knowledge that they can get a half decent website for twenty nine dollars a month. You know, on a recurring fee to a, <laughs> yeah. a SaaS platform. So I, I feel that whilst maybe that means that the the value pricing for those that can pull it off will get even better, it also I feel means that there'll be there'll be it'll be more difficult for the people who um, who can't pull those kind of things off and who've got clients coming to them within their local area, whatever it is that you're working on, um, yeah. who are simply saying, well, this is all that we can afford and we know that we can get it for $30, $30 a month over there. So unless you can match that, you know, we'll we'll give you a thousand dollars because we know that that's probably about the lifetime of the of the website before we'll need to do it again over you know thirty dollars each month for a few years. Yeah. That, you know that kind of thing. You know you know where I'm going with this. Um, Absolutely. And of course, the value prices will tell you. Well, that's the exact reason to get out of the uh, the, the the fixed rate <laughs> game because you're up against yeah. these cheap solutions. But also, they're becoming more and more of the market. Are they? I think. Yeah, absolutely, and I and it's the the way I'm going with stuff. So I'm and you know you've convinced me because of that that the people I can get as easy clients. Who uh, the other side? I mean, I'm making your point now is the fact that largely uh, I want clients for life through the other things. So if they if I'm seen to be giving them a very good cost all the time and not value pricing, I've got that long term trust. So I go that route. But I do think you know, and you've said the value. Value prices will argue another thing. And I think there is something important about distinguishing yourself in a marketplace anyway. I mean, who would believe that we, well, I wouldn't have done as a kid, you know, when you used to buy donuts, they used to be kind of these cheap things that you would get from the bakers along with something else. Then we end up with Dunkin' Donuts and lots of other rivals to them making the humble, cheap donut into something which people will pay really good money for. Yeah. Yeah. You, do you know what I mean? And I think that's always the thing, isn't it? Is there a way of being able to kind of dis distinguish yourself? Because that's the, the value prices argument, isn't it? The race to the bottom to go against that. Yeah. I think that the, the truth of this debate is that really, if you can <laughs> if you can pull off value pricing and if it's something that your business can cope with, then you, you know, you've got the time to have invested in figuring out what it is that you're going to be offering pricing against and you can charge these higher fees there's literally no reason not to do it right you'd just be mad not yeah. to not to charge an additional amount if the client can bear it but also i don't think we should be like beating ourselves up beating ourselves over the head because we we just haven't succeeded at doing it that way you know if your yes. model is stacked your business works because of fixed pricing 
and it's traditionally yeah. worked and you feel that you're secure in the future. As you said, you've built up a nice, healthy cohort of clients who trust you because you've offered um, an economical and reliable solution in the past. Equally, that's fine as well. Yeah. And I don't think we should be... I don't think we should be having a debate about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. And I, I think the important thing is to pick where you are. I mean, I think it's personalities and, and that's why we were both, you know, really towards the fixed side of things because it's the kind of way we are, um, probably even from where we grow up. And that's, uh, you know, it's, maybe we're too old to want to be different people, really, or pretend to be different people. So I'm I'm very much like that. I'm a kind of cheap Charlie in everything that I buy. And I kind of relate to people who are like me as well. And I yeah. like it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think we should probably knock it on the head there. I'd be interested to know, you know, if you've tried out fixed pricing and it's worked best for you or if you've tried value pricing and that's worked for you or the flip side you know if you tried value pricing yeah. and it's been a complete and utter disaster for you and you've lost loads of bids because you just didn't quite get it right i'd be interested to know you know we've we've always got a post in the facebook group wpbuilds.com forward slash facebook or just you know in the show notes at the bottom of the the post on the website uh, be really interested to know what people think about this I feel like it's a fairly political debate um, with people shouting loudly um, from both yes. sides so yeah thank you david that was even fun moral. Yeah, even sorry just before i go it's, mm-hmm. it's it actually even gets moral this one doesn't it where either side people feel it's a very moral thing to either go value or fixed price yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting yeah mm. well, anyway yeah. enough let's we'll knock go. it on the head take it easy <laughs> okay. bye bye Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. It's always fun chatting to David about these things. Perhaps you've got an opinion on it. Maybe you've moved over to value pricing and it's working out really well for you. Perhaps you tried it and it didn't and you're back to fixed pricing. Or perhaps you've just stuck with fixed pricing all along. Go over to wpbuilds.com and find the thread and give us some comments or head over to our Facebook group, wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook. And you could let us know in the comments over there what your thoughts are. Let's keep the conversation going. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by the Page Builder Summit. Do you use a page builder to create your WordPress websites? Or perhaps you're curious about what they can do. Whether it's Elementor, Beaver Builder, Gutenberg, Breezy, Oxygen, or any of the other page builders, the Page Builder Summit will have something for you. It's running from October the 5th to October the 9th, and you can check out the amazing speaker list and get your free place at summit.camp. And AB Split Test. Do you want to set up your A-B split tests in record time? The new A-B split test plugin for WordPress will have you up and running in a couple of minutes. Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part is it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder and the WordPress block editor. Check it out and get a free demo at absplittest.com. Okay, join us Thursday for the next podcast. Monday, twice the WP Builds Weekly WordPress News. My version comes out at 7am and then we've got the live show at 2pm UK time. And hopefully joining me on Tuesday also live will be Sabrina Zidane. So lots in store. I hope you have a good week. Stay safe. Bye-bye for now.